Welcome back, my friends, to the D-Rate the Hate podcast. I am Wilk from Wilksworld.com, and this is going to be episode 71 of the podcast. This week, we're going to speak again with Average Muhammad. Now, that's Muhammad Ahmed, and he's the creator and executive director of AverageMuhammad.com. He is actually our first returning guest to the D-Rate the Hate podcast, and I thought it was fitting based on all the different things that are going on with the the approaching of the 20th anniversary of September 11th and the uh, Taliban retaking Afghanistan and just all the stuff that's going on in the world today. I'm uh, incredibly honored again to have our first returning guest, Muhammad Ahmed of AverageMuhammad.com. If you didn't catch that episode where we spoke to Muhammad first, Step back and check out episode 49, another can't-miss episode of the D-Rate the Hate podcast. Now, first things first. We did not create the hate, but with your help, we can derate the hate. It's all about bettering the world one attitude at a time, and that starts with us as individuals. What have you done today to make your life a better life? What have you done today to make the world a better place? Again, it's us as individuals that can make that happen. What are you doing to make that happen? Now, Muhammad Ahmed of AverageMuhammad.com is working diligently, tirelessly to help de-radicalize and bring down extremists through education. It takes an idea to defeat an idea, and there's no better person to explain that than Average Muhammad himself. No use wasting any more time. Let's jump right into this conversation. Muhammad Ahmed, the infamous average Muhammad. How are you, man? Welcome back to the D-Rate the Hate podcast. Thank you, Wilk. You're a good man. So good to see you again, my friend. And uh, so much has happened over the past six months since we last spoke. I think it was episode 49 was the first time we uh, we spoke on the D-Rate the Hate podcast. Got a big impact in that one. I think we're going to look for a bigger impact with this one. So, Muhammad, I noticed you have a new video out. And we're coming up on the 20th anniversary of September 11th and uh, the, the, the tragic events of September 11th for the United States of America. But that new video that you have out, it, it explains a lot more than just September 11th. So why don't you talk about the new video uh, you just put out? Well, first and foremost, it's been 20 years since 3,000 of our fellow citizens got murdered in cold blood. In daylight, New York got attacked, Pentagon got attacked, our soldiers got attacked, and uh, in Shanksville, Pennsylvania, they resisted and they died in the process. Now, we are sending our prayers to the lost souls on that day from 90 countries. And uh, we created a video to commemorate September 11th anniversary because there's a generation that is growing up in America today that has no recollection of the event and how it impacted our lives. You have to understand, we went through airports without taking off our shoes. Mm-hmm. They don't know any different. They don't know. It, it's, it's natural now. It's natural. Yeah. They, they think, uh, they think the, the way things are in airports now are the way thing they've always been. And, and obviously, you know, you and I have both seen and, and most of our, uh, well, any, anybody over 20 years old, they, they remember a much different time. We were, it was a much different world than back before September 11th, wasn't it, Muhammad? Yes, sir. I used to live in Northern Virginia. Washington, D.C. is one of the most beautiful cities in the world. Today, it's ugly. The reason why is because of all those fences and 
and, 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 and anti-bomb mechanisms put in place. I mean, it looks like a security zone, like a, a green zone in Baghdad now, you know, right. not an open mm-hmm. city anymore. I mean, our city, in, our capital was open. And uh, if you go to downtown to any federal installation or go to any federal institution now, they look like as if it's, it's, it's an exclusion zone. Nobody's allowed in. I mean, there's no openness anymore because they have to protect themselves. Um, it, 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 we've lost a lot. Our democracy lost a lot. We lost citizens. But right. more importantly, we lost our innocence. Right. And, yeah, uh, they did. It, it really destroyed it. And, and you put it in such a good way. We, we really lost our innocence when there were... It didn't take but a, a handful of people, in retrospect, it didn't take but a handful of people to do an insurmountable amount of damage to our freedom. Uh, they, with what they did and, you know, with, uh, with, with box cutters and an ideology of hatred, they, they put together a plan that really took the most powerful nation in the world to its knees, didn't they, Mohammed? Yes, they did. And we went to war with it. In Iraq, Afghanistan, and now we're in over 95 countries, fighting in almost 20 countries right now as we speak, from sub-Saharan Africa to Asia. We're helping people try mm-hmm. to defeat them and the ideology. The ideology spread. Mm-hmm. The ideology went from a handful of people based in Afghanistan to today being a global movement. Right, right. Well, I, I do want to talk a little bit about Afghanistan, being that that's a very, uh, very touchy subject right now, to say the very least. Uh, this week, it's it's absolutely insane what's going on in Afghanistan. But before we get to that, let's talk a little bit more about your video and and who are the Kawaris? Well, we made two videos, one to commemorate September 11th for America. It's a gift to America from Average Mohammed organization to remind us because we remember. It's important we remember. Mm-hmm. And the second mm-hmm. video is us going bullish on this issue of anti-extremism. Um, if you look at the world today, there's doom and gloom. They are winning. We are losing. Things are going to get worse. And I'm like, no, let's, let's go after this ideology. And the Kawarij was an organization formed right after the death of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And uh, they were terrorists. What they did is they started attacking caravans and started attacking people because uh, they were looking for plunder. And at the same time, too, they were looking for power. And they called anybody who disagreed with them apostates or people killing civilians, innocent women, children. I mean, things of those sort was acceptable to them. Now, the Ali Nation of Islam, uh, the beginning founding fathers, um, I mean, the, it came from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I mean, our God. But uh, the people who were the ummah, the society at that time, uh, they fought against it and they won. Mm-hmm. They won. Mm-hmm. And uh, Islam became a little bit different because of that. And uh, what happens is, if you look at today, the ideology of extremism, the ideology of the terrorist, uh, they say kill women, children, innocent women, children, and, 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 and old people and anybody, just about anybody who disagrees with them in any society that disagrees with them. And yep. the reason why is because they're using terror. Terror is there too. Mm-hmm. And they, they, they feel that if they kill enough of us, we will run and cut and, 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 and basically give up our yep. values our freedoms, our liberties, our rights. And I think that's, that's becoming very evident in, uh, in Afghanistan today with, with how easily the, the newly placed Afghan government, and, and I don't want to even say newly placed, I mean, it's been in place for a while, 
but it, it was a it was basically a house of cards, a paper tiger held up by the United States. Unfortunately, how do you how, how would you say the the Kawarij, uh And I hope I'm saying that right. But how would you say they mount up to the the Taliban and how the how the Taliban operates in Afghanistan today? Well, we're talking about terrorists here, and we're talking about people who use terror. Terror. Mm-hmm. We say no to terror. And we yeah. say, yes, we've seen them before and we've defeated them before. And uh, again, we are urging Muslims to do the same thing. And we use examples. You know, um, why do we call them Qawarij? Why do they? Why? We use examples of the attacks all across mm-hmm. the world. It's mm-hmm. not just America on September 11 that got affected. I mean, almost every nation that has a Muslim population has been affected. And every nation that even doesn't have a Muslim population gets affected. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and what we're saying is, um, ideologically, this concept and this value has spread. It has spread globally. And right. our goal here is we believe in average Muhammad organization, as our mantra says so. It takes an idea to defeat an idea. Mm-hmm. And our goal is to furnish democracies and republics with ideas. Yep. Cheap, easy to use, easy to understand, easy to comprehend, and easy to propagate ideas. In other words, we are fighting for minds. I don't say hearts. There's a reason why I don't say hearts. Because if you, if you can watch Afghanistan today, you will learn one thing. We got the minds. The people want American-style democracy. But we didn't get the hearts. You're so right. You know, when America was founded, we were founded upon an idea. And an idea that, that the average individual could, could be anything that they wanted to be. And, and we were the first country ever founded on the idea of freedom. And it's been ingrained in our DNA and, and so many people over the history of, of our country have fought and they've died for and they've raised their children to believe in and, and they've done so much. And, and I, that's why I think I love your message so much, Muhammad, is, is you know, using an idea to, to defeat an ideology because it, you're right. If you don't get the hearts of the people, you know, if you don't get the hearts of the people, if, if they don't have it within them to, to stand up and fight. I mean, you look back at the founding and the revolution of, you know, of the colonies that, that, that then became the United States. You know, we were outmatched, outgunned, out, outmanned in every aspect of warfare at the time. There was no chance in hell that the colonists of the United States, well, pre-United States, there was no chance that the, the colonists had of beating the, the mighty, mighty England. And it was, they had the heart to fight. They had the heart to do it. And uh, you're right. You're right. The people have to have the heart. And uh, without having the heart, if you just get the minds, uh, like, uh, like you're talking about in Afghanistan, if they don't have the heart to fight, if they don't have the heart to stand up, they, they can't defeat the Taliban. Even though they've got more people, they've got, they've got more power. They can't beat them if they don't have the heart to beat the Taliban. Well, yeah, we, uh, you see, I, I look at global perspectives and I look at strategic interest of America. It was not in our interest to stay there forever. Every American will agree with me on that one because that's Absolutely. their country, not our country. Absolutely. That's their country. Their destiny lies in their hands and not in our hands. Now, $2 trillion later, 2,348 of our most precious commodity, the blood of our soldiers, dead. And over a thousand or to three thousand 
contractors dead. Over 66,000 Afghani soldiers dead. Over 60,000 uh, Taliban dead. We decided, you know what? There's an easy way to fight this process. And, uh, and um, I, I hat off. We knew this 10 years ago. I mean, people who kept up with this information, we kind of saw it coming 10 years ago mm-hmm. under Obama. I mean, yeah. And, and uh, Biden just executed it. Unfortunately, the exit strategy got, is looking really ugly. Yeah, it's very uh, bungled up. Very bungled the, up. The fact that our citizens are still there, uh, even though our soldiers left, some or most of it, and now we're going back, uh, is distressful because uh, the most important commodity we have in a democracy is our citizens. So we want them back, and we pray mm-hmm. for that, and we pray for the success of the Biden administration. For this mm-hmm. reason and this reason alone. Plus also the people who put their metal with us, people who risk their lives for us, people who spent 20 years taking our foreign policy goals and our flag and our ideals and our values forward. Afghanis, uh, we owe a loyalty to them. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is because we have honor. America is an honorable country. Without mm-hmm. honor, we are nothing. We are lost as a people. So mm-hmm. we need those people too. And it's mm-hmm. important we get them back. So yes. We, most importantly, the third part is Taliban took over Afghanistan. We're saying, let's go after the ideology. We created the Kawarij video to do just that mm-hmm. globally. Because mm-hmm. what's, what's happening right now is there's an avalanche, because I keep track of these things, an avalanche of messaging coming from extremist terrorists mm-hmm. saying we can be defeated. We democracies can be defeated. We will cut and run if they're persistent and resilient. Yeah, and, and I think you and I both know that that's not true. And, and uh, like I said, I, I, think, I think we've got the, got the right idea on our side. I think we've got the heart and the soul on our side. It's just a matter of, uh, of executing the plan the right way. And, and uh, let's talk more about your message, Muhammad, with, with Average Muhammad and, uh, and what you've had going on. You know, we talked back in episode 49 about uh, an idea to beat, uh, it takes an idea to defeat an idea and, uh, and, and parents for peace. But uh, why don't we talk more about what, uh, what the latest is uh, with your organization and, and, and how things are going with that? Well, uh, good news. Uh, we had a message about the caliphate, which we created, and uh, basically relabeling uh, terrorist organization ISIS because they call themselves a caliphate. If you know anything about the uh, uh, the caliphate, it's Ali Islam means Ali Islam uh, society was structured around that. And our goal is to say, look, this is not a caliphate that they're trying to bring back, but it's a caliphate. It's a fake. So don't buy into it. And uh, we promoted, thanks to Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg organization, which gave us advertisement credits in five states. We reached over 266,000 people just in five states. Muslims in five states. And uh, we reached over 75,000 on Instagram. And uh, thank you, Mark Zuckerberg. Thank you, Facebook. They put up. It cost only three cents to disseminate this message. Think about that for a second. Only three cents to disseminate that message. And we created this Kawarij video uh, along the same theme. And the main theme is we have to, these extremists are wrapping themselves around the language of Islam. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're wrapping themselves along my beautiful, noble religion. Overwhelming majority of Muslims around the world don't believe in what they believe in. So how do we counter their religious rhetoric with our own religious rhetoric? And I'm not an imam, not a sheikh, 
but I know Islamic history. And mm-hmm. uh, more importantly, I understand the context of messaging. So we created this Khawarij message to say, look, let's call them what they are. People who are outside society, mm-hmm. extreme. And let's go for minds. The hearts belong to Allah. I'm not going to go into a religious debate, but more importantly, we are labeling them. The same way they label us Muslims who believe in democracy over theocracy as apostates, and they mock us, and they want to kill us, and I get death threats for it. But more importantly, uh, uh, our goal is to say, look, uh, if you are going to go in this route, we will get your kids, because that is the best way to fight. That's what we're asking our government to do today. Mm-hmm. After 20 years, we're asking them, put us Muslims in. Let us go out there and do what we need to do. Don't tell us what to do, because you've been telling us for 20 years, and it hasn't worked right. to the way we want it. You know, put us in. Yeah. Give Average Muhammad uh, access to equal opportunity and access to resources. You are our heroes. We are your champions. Put us in. Yeah, put it, put you in, get the, get the job done. I mean, you know what the message needs to be. I, I really like something that you put out recently. You said you become a killer, you'll get killed, or you'll end up in prison. Uh, and, uh, you know, that, that really speaks to the minds of the young people because uh, the one young man in, in the video that you were speaking with came back home, didn't want to be a suicide bomber, came back home, and uh, now gets to spend the rest of his life in prison. He thought he knew what he wanted but realized that it wasn't the uh, it wasn't the dream that they were uh, they were portraying it to be isn't that correct the, that is so correct uh, you either will kill be killed or end up in jail if you become a terrorist and an extremist there is no other way out uh, there's no they don't they don't see you as anything but cannon fodder people to be used and abused and, and the dream they're selling doesn't work i mean these people are pushing us back historically Right. For women's rights, which is human rights, to gay rights, to many other issues along the lines. I mean, we're moving progressively in this world. Humanity is moving to a place where we're getting to a point where there's freedom for all. And they say, no, uh, I'm watching Taliban um, do an amazing public relations campaign right now, talking about, oh, we will guarantee women's rights. Please. Yeah, when's the last time... Uh... When's the last time the Taliban did anything for women? I mean, when they took over in the... They took over in the 90s. And what they did, they basically locked down all women, literally locked down. Picked them, told them to cover up uh, completely. I mean, completely. I mean, you're not to be seen hard or even smelled. When we think about extremism and, and you know, the, the talking heads here in the United States nowadays like to talk an, an awful lot about uh, white nationalism and, and white supremacy and, and uh, systemic racism here in the United States, which, uh, you know, you and I may disagree to a certain extent, but I certainly don't believe that's the, the number one issue of the day here, though, though people try to make it to be. Actually, uh, I, I just had a, a mutual friend of ours on the, the podcast recently, Jeff Scoop, who is a former white nationalist and former neo-Nazi turned uh, counter-extremism expert, and he was talking about how the the National Socialist Movement tries to draw people in through, basically through fear, and, and tries to build up the, the the strength and the hatred within people through through a, a sense of fear. What is it, I, I know your message in, in talking to the young folks uh, about 
countering extremism, you, you know, and, and how you work. What is the draw for a young Muslim to, to join the caliphate? What, what is that draw? How do they try to entice the young Muslim? H- how is that a lie? Because we know it's a lie. We, we know the things that they use to draw them in, just like the white nationalists and the Nazis, you know, use lies to draw them in. What are the, what are the lies that they're using to, young, to draw in the young Muslims? Well, it, it's a complicated question with a complicated answer. So please give me some time here. Let's start with push and pull factors. Push factors. They're looking for identity. Confused. Maybe ex-gang bankers, maybe new convert. They're looking for uh, people who just found religion or people who just basically are revolutionaries in their mind and they're looking for a new world order. So they're looking for identity, something to associate with. And uh, extremists create an identity for you. They call you a mujahid, which is a very powerful word. Uh, mujahid means a fighter for the sake of God. And that's a very powerful name and a powerful uh, history to it. I mean, um, all the heroes of Islam are mujahids uh, from Ali Islam, including our Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Uh, I mean, and then uh, there is other factors too, people who seek heaven uh, and uh, they seek a new world order. When they seek a new world order, they're jaded by this world. They look at this world as it is, and they don't like the fact that people are diverse. They don't like the fact that a Christian is exercising his right of freedom of religion, or a Buddhist, or a Hindu, or a gay person is free to to, to live in freedom and liberties, or the fact that women are allowed to become anything they want to become, as their rights should be, uh, and do anything they want to do. These are things which uh, misogyny is deeply ingrained in this process. Uh, Again, uh, other factors include grievances, uh, whether it's our foreign policy or whether it's dictators who are running societies in their countries uh, with, le- with less freedoms and rights, and they want to upturn the system. Again, uh, the, third, the second part is they find a network, and the network basically galvanizes them with messages, messages, messages that they dig into, books, writings, scholars, ideas, videos, all things coming at these kids at this particular moment, to indoctrinate them into this process. By the time the kid comes out from one end to the other end, they go from being uh, trying to discover the world to becoming a uh, uh, full-fledged, violent jihadi uh, extremist. And uh, when they become a violent jihadi extremist, there's only three options now. Option number one, de-radicalization, which there's hope there. Uh, bring them down and bring them down to a peg, what Jeff Shook does with Beyond Barriers uh, for white supremacists. Uh, the second option would be uh, uh, law enforcement. And when I say law enforcement, I mean here in America, we talk about our heroes here who intercept them, stop them from blowing us up, killing us up, or trying to destroy society. We talk about our FBI, Federal Bureau of Investigation, our Department of Homeland Security, our Department of Justice, our Treasury Department, which goes after their money, the State Department, to make sure they don't come into our country. I mean, uh, our border, border Patrol, which controls our border, uh, that used to be at least not anymore. But uh, I mean, uh, uh, our, our, our ICE, uh, immigration custom enforcement agencies. I mean, these people are our front line. And the third part is the community, the public. This is where we come in. We galvanize the public to say, look, if you see something, say something. If you hear something, say something. If you think something is odd, say something. You know, and this mm-hmm. is what our messaging campaign is all about. If mm-hmm. you look at the courage message, it's meant for universally the whole world because we cover the world. And the world, we're telling the world, especially our youths, if you see something, say something. You know? Yeah. Save a life. 
Yeah, yeah, I think it's I think it's a very important message to to make sure people because it is the it is the people on the ground. It's our government can only do so much. Those government agencies, especially when they get bogged down doing things that they they have no business doing, but the people of this country, the, and I'm talking about all the people of this country. I'm talking about Muslims, Christians, atheists, uh, Jews, uh, whatever Buddhists. Everybody has to be aware. Everybody at this point has to keep their head on a swivel. And if they do see something, because you're right with the the border crisis and the fact that that the Department of Homeland Security and and, and ICE and and them they they really have their hands tied. We we have people coming in unfiltered, and unfiltered people can bring all kinds of nastiness, and, and we we have to be careful. So so it's people like you, Muhammad. Uh, with Average Muhammad doing uh, doing incredible work with, with your videos, with your outreach to the children, with your Parents to Peace program, just just really getting in touch and making sure that the people, if they do see something, they say something. And, and I know that can be a scary thing for people. Quite honestly, it, it takes bravery to stand up and, and speak out against bloodthirsty terrorists and and, and extremists, and and I don't just mean Muslim extremists or Islamic extremists or, or or white nationalists, but extremists of any kind. It's the people that really need to speak up and, and get their get their word out and 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 say something when they see something. Well, you talked about white supremacy and how it's a problem in this country. It is a problem, but uh, the way we're going about it, we're seeing a deja vu. Let me explain what I mean by deja vu. September 11 happened, and we Muslims got blamed as a threat. I mean, we got painted as a threat by media, politicians. I mean, you name it. Nobody refrained from labeling us as a threat. Islam was made the enemy. Mm-hmm. Islam, the religion, was made the enemy. And uh, look what it got us today. Yeah, no, we're I, no, I think you're right. To, we're seeing the same thing happening to our white community. And I wrote a paper about it. White people are not the problem, they're the solution. Let me explain again what I mean. If you say an angry white man is now a terrorist, please, come on, man. (laughs) (laughs) Right? It was was angry white men who picked up guns who kicked out a king, for God's sakes. You know what I mean? You're exactly right. It is angry white men who, 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 who went to Iwo Jima, who went to Hamburg, who went to Berlin, you know, to kick out Nazis and fascists. Yep. It was angry yep. white men who went to Afghanistan and Iraq. Yep. We need angry white men. <laughs> right, right. No, <laughs> no, you know, you're exactly right. And that, you know, when I talked to Jeff Scoop a while back uh, and we had that, that conversation about, you know, how do we reach those that, that have become extremists and how do we get them to not be extremists anymore? And, and at some point, you've got to sit down and have a conversation. And I like the fact that, you know, you, you target youth and, and look to get them before they become extremists, and that's very important. But we also cannot discount the fact that once somebody has reached that point of extremism, and you talked about it when you talked about your first of three points, that de-radicalization, which, which definitely can be a more, more difficult road, but uh, you know, to de-radicalize, you know, we don't want it to get to the point uh, of guns and bullets and, and, and prisons and, and and uh, and executions, I would just soon de-radical ever, de-radicalize everybody, and that's obviously why I do this podcast. 
It's really about changing the minds, helping people become better people. And the same thing with you, using an idea to defeat an idea. And I think, uh, I think what you're doing is incredibly important, Muhammad. And talk a little bit real quick. Just, just give me some quick points on how people can get involved with Average Muhammad. What can they do to become, I mean, we know the see something, say something part. We know spreading the cartoons and everything else. What can people do to help Average Muhammad get to the people, get to those that need to be de-radicalized before it's too late? A couple of things. Number one, invite me. I'll be speaking in your community, speaking to your community, because we go into mosques, synagogues, churches. We go into civic arenas. We go to madrasa, Islamic schools. And um, we are open. Our policy is open doors to any being, any human being who wants to basically learn and, and learn how to go about talking about this issue without offending. For seven years, we've done this work and we've not culturally offended anybody. In fact, the only people who are offended are jihadists. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's a good, a good thing. That's because, a good one to offend. You know, so because we, we are effectively frustrating their work and we're winning in uh-huh. this arena. Even though in other arenas, we're not doing so good and uh, in terms of average Muhammad organization. And uh, the second part is uh, I'm looking for people who can amplify our message. If you have a YouTube page, go to Average Muhammad, take a video, share it. If you have a social media website, take Average Muhammad video, share it. You never know who you could be saving life from. You never know who needs to hear that message. And, uh, and uh, we're willing to work with you. And uh, the third part is it costs three cents, three cents to disseminate this message. We're telling our government and we're talking to all agencies. I've reached out to the, to the soldiers, our army, our military, Pentagon, Africa Command. I've reached out to the State Department. I've reached out to the Department of Homeland Security. I'm going to reach out to the White House. And eventually we're going to reach out to every politician here in America. And our goal is simple. We're telling them, look, give us three cents. A bullet costs 80 cents. For that price of that one bullet, I can reach 26 Muslim kids. Nice. Give us three cents so we can go to work. Put in as Muslims. Give us equal opportunity because we're not getting it. And give us access to resources. We are the ones who stand to lose the most because these people are going to subjugate as Muslims first before they come for the world next. So we are your front line. We are the ones who you should be sending back as your ambassadors. As 2020 Citizen Diplomat of the Year for the State Department, I know what I'm talking about because the State Department knows diplomacy and they made me their Citizen Diplomat of the Year. Trust us on these factors. We are good at this work, but we need to be amplified too. And if you work in government, please help us because angels at every step of our history of this country have stepped in, broken down doors or opened down doors, and we're knocking on these doors. Open these doors. Give us access to resources and equal opportunity and let us go forward. We are Americans. We stand tall. We stand proud. And for God's sakes, this is our world. Such a good ending to such a great conversation, Mohammed. I, I so much appreciate your time, as always. Uh, I, I appreciate the fact that we get to chat back and forth once in a while. And, and, and thank you for being the... Uh, actually, I think you're the first return guest on the D-Rate the Hate podcast. So... I, uh, <laughs> that's uh yeah that's fantastic and I, I look forward to the next time we do this keep praying keep doing everything that you're doing keep reaching out keep keep changing the minds and 
and uh, get a hold of the hearts of these youngsters before the uh, before the jihadis do, and keep doing everything you're doing to stamp out extremism. You're doing great, Muhammad, and uh, everybody check out AverageMuhammad.com. Thank you, Will. All right, take care, brother. Thank you. Friends, I have said it before, and I will say it again. I am one incredibly lucky and incredibly grateful man for having the opportunity to speak with the people I do on this podcast. You see, it's really, what can we do as individuals to make this world a better place? And the people that I get on this podcast are doing incredible things. Like, Muhammad is doing everything he can to help de-radicalize, help make sure young Muslims all over the world are not out there becoming jihadists and terrorists and people like the Khawaji doing damage to us as a humanity. And he speaks to the people plainly, and it's, it's an incredible thing. And I am so honored and so grateful for having the opportunity to, to speak with him and, and, and all the people I get to speak with on this podcast because there are forces out there that want to keep us divided. There are forces out there that like the chaos. They like the hate. They like the, they like the damage that these groups do, and, and, and it gives them a sense of purpose to constantly fan the flames of hate and division just to keep this cycle and this, this toxic perpetual cycle of hatred going. And I would rather be on the side of and stand shoulder to shoulder with those folks like Average Muhammad and, and Jeff Scoop and, and, and people that are actually out there trying to de-radicalize and de-escalate the situation before it becomes out of control, before those people become the next mosque shooter or the next synagogue shooter or the next person that, that uh, maybe blows themselves up in a theater or a cafe or a bus somewhere. We've got a choice. We've got a choice to make people. We can derate the hate, like I'm trying to do with this podcast, or you can perpetuate the hate, like a lot of these others do. I think it's an easy choice. I think it's an easy choice. So what have you done today to make your life a better life? What have you done today to make the world a better place? It's all about all of us. Let's get it done. Let's make it happen. Let's get out there. Be kind to one another. Be grateful for everything that you've got. And remember, it's up to you to make each and every day the day that you want it to be. I'm Wilk. Email me, wilk at wilksworld.com. Follow us on most social media platforms. Follow us on our websites. And uh, make sure to share us with your friends. Don't forget to leave us some feedback and a rating wherever you get your audio. And with that, I'm going to back on out of here. We'll catch you next week.